What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrip, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, I hate to ask how's yeah, it going, but, ask. you know, we all know how it's going, sir. Right. Yeah, I don't think this is the show that we want to do, but it's the show that we're we need to slash obligated to yeah, do. Yeah, we got to get out. You know, uh, we, we, we got to get some shit off our chest. You know, when usually, uh, for those seeking context, uh, it's October 10th, 2018. Braves uh, were eliminated on Monday from the postseason, losing the series 3-1 to of the Dodgers. So my, my point on all this is, is that normally when uh, Atlanta sports team loses a big series or uh, playoff game, whatever, they're eliminated. Um, you know, it's close and it's heartbreaking like it usually is. I, uh, I stay away from the radio, stay away from Twitter and shit like that for at least a week with the Super Bowl. I didn't listen to anything for like a month right? Um, when the Falcons lost to the Patriots. But I'm kind of dealing with this a little better. I think, um, you know, just thinking out loud about it, it's, it's sort of like, you know, everyone goes over. I don't know. Maybe I'm not dealing with dealing with it very well. I have no idea. I have very mixed emotions on it because you know everyone's going on about how oh, it was a great season and it was. It was a magical season. No one expected to be here, and that's great. Still, doesn't take away the fact that we that we lost and that we were and we 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 true Atlanta ourselves, uh, particularly in that last game, and in the sense of, of of beating ourselves up. Yeah, but <clears throat> it wasn't. I'm definitely taking this better than normal. Uh, if we had lost that game three, which Graham and I were both at, yeah, like that would have been brutal. Yeah, like that was the most stress-filled. Holy shit! I think game I, I think I lost about ten I've years off my life. I've been a part of. Yeah. I, I saw. Have you seen those cameras they have where like they'll do like three sixty shots? Oh, uh, you can stadium, see everybody in the stadium. And, and yeah. I, found, I found myself. Yeah, and the whole like the picture of me was what I was doing pretty much the entire time was just like standing there. With my arms crossed <laughs> and my tomahawk under my armpit, <laughs> and with a very concerned look on my face. Um, yeah, but I mean that that game was awesome though. Like that memory yeah. of going to that game that was worth the price of admission. That that makes it worth it. Like the, the just the way that the whole crowd showed up on a Sunday night, even down to nothing, and just the camaraderie. Oh yeah, you get with the people around you. Yeah, that was one of my biggest fears. Honestly, when we were heading up to the game, was. Uh, you know, because we're down to nothing, or people, or we're we going to get like you know thirty thousand people instead of forty thousand plus. And luckily enough, we—I mean, not luckily enough. I mean, Atlanta showed up. Yeah, this was a great representation of of Atlanta as a as a sports town. Uh, the the passion, the loyalty. It felt like um, you know the the energy. I mean, that I I firmly believe that we got to Walker Bueller. Oh yeah, big yeah. time when he was walking in Sean. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, like we were, we rattled the, the hell out of him. Yeah, um, and so that was great. I mean, like uh, it was awesome to have like an impact on the game. And I haven't been to a a postseason Braves game that's been that uh, that enthusiastic of a crowd since probably um, the 2010 Game Three against the Giants and Eric Kinski at the at the home run. But even then, I think it was better. You think it was louder in Sunday? I think it was right? louder. Like when, like when Acuna hit that grand slam, it was louder than when Eric Hensky hit the two-run shot. Yeah, um, it was like I thought my head was going to explode. Yeah, I, was, like, I was screaming so much. 
I spilled my drink everywhere. I was high-fiving random people. Yeah, like the, I, the, I lost my shit. The lady behind me was like jumping up and down on my shoulders. Yeah. There were high-fives everywhere. Yeah. My, my, favorite, my favorite fan moment from the game was um, when Freddie hit his home run. I got I, an embarrassing story about that. Go ahead. I was in line to get a fresh beer, ah. as one does. Yeah. Um, and some guy, before the home run... We had started talking for like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. I just said something along the lines of, man, this is brutal, isn't it? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I hope that we pull it out, man. This is crazy. This is just crazy. And then we hear, and then this guy that I just met is yeah. like a, a jumping up and down, hugging me for yeah. like five seconds. That's so cool. And the, the beer vendor as well, he was like an older guy. And um, he was like losing his shit as well. That's so cool. And he's like, part of my language, but fuck yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. That's and then amazing. we high fived him as well. And it was just, it was, I like to think that guy's a user out there just listening. He was like, oh, that was that guy. That was that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, funny story about when Freddie hit his home run. Uh, after the end of that uh, inning, I've been holding uh, my bladder for about two and a half innings at that point. I was like, I have to take a piss. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to get up. I, I'm going to piss myself if I don't get up. And so, as one does after one has drank a little heavily uh, during a playoff game, you're, you're, you're pissing for quite some time. Sure. You know, you're standing there. And I was like, yeah. I was, you know, upset because, you know, they died. we had just blown a five-run lead and it was tied. And I was like, God damn it, here we go. And then I'm, you know, doing my business. I hear, Oh, you were in the bathroom? I was in the bathroom when it happened. <laughs> when I, I remember when I heard it, I jerked my body and started just, like, pissing over the walls. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. what happened? And so uh, then I, I went out uh, there, and I was asking people what happened. They were like, Freddie, I don't run. Freddie, I don't run. I was like, ah. You know, it sucked, too. Very unfair by SunTrust Park. I'm calling out SunTrust Park here. No radio call on in the bathroom. During the game. Do they not have the TVs either? No TV. Huh. Fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty poor. Playoff game, especially. you got to have it on the radio when I when I need to you know use the facilities. I agree. I agree. Ridiculous. But um, It was cool yeah. just to pull out. But when we were up 5 nothing, did I mean, my first thought was, like, relax, people. We're in Atlanta. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, n- I never once thought that lead was safe. Oh, I didn't think it was safe, but I was still, like, it was, it was sheer ecstasy yeah. in the moment. I mean... And the funny part was we were sitting on the third base line uh, in the infield in the, in the lower level. And the funny part was is I was when he hit it, I was like, man, he really got under that. That's still going. That's still going. Acuna's? Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah. I, I thought he got under it. Yeah, so did I. Like, I didn't think it was going to go. Um, I wasn't watching him when he was standing there looking at it, uh, but I was watching the boss. I was like, yeah, man. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And, you know, I just kept going. And then uh, user Alexa was next to me, and she's like, it's going to go, it's going it's to go. And then it, it went, and everyone right. just shit themselves. It yeah. was, it was it, incredible. It was a great, as, as Jacob, uh, user Jacob Dempsey texted me, he's like, that's got to be one of the, if not the top non-game winning home run in Braves history. That's, one, that's up there. That's up there with the Hensky home run. Um Eddie Perez in '99 and LCS hitting bombs. I mean, it was uh, it was something else. Hank Aaron 715, yeah. probably up there. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, um, of course. So, did you say so? We end up winning that game. Yeah, <clears throat> and I know you were trying to get after it after the game, 
Did I, did I see where you, the bars were closed? Yeah, all the bars were closed. Crazy. Because there's some liquor law. Oh, Bible, Georgia. Bible Belt bullshit. Georgia. Yeah. That's that's Yeah, ridiculous. everyone was just so mad. So pissed I can off. only imagine. I know. I was, I was livid. I was like, and, and, you know, just thinking about thousands and thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars they lost that night because they kept, like, that place would have been rocking until 6 in the morning. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, oh, I didn't even think about those liquor laws. Yeah, I didn't either. I was like, why are the bars closed? What the hell is this? It, it only seems to affect sports fans. Well, and alcoholics, I'm sure. But <laughs> definitely sports fans. Who like, are also alcoholics right. for the most part. When we went to that Falcons game a few weeks ago, Yeah, and um, I was just so excited about we were meeting at the CNN Center, and I was yeah. just so excited about getting one of those big uh, premium draft beers that they have in the CNN Center. Mm-hmm. And I get there at like eleven, yeah. And the guy can't sell it to me. So screwed it up. Very unfair. There should be no restriction on when and how you can sell alcohol. It doesn't matter. You're going to get it anyway. Just right. give it to us. Yeah, we we got it for free from. We we would have been spending money and boosting the economy. Instead, we just go down to the six eighty the fan tailgate and get free booze. Yeah, actually, how he recommend that? So, I mean, cool. it, yeah, it worked out well for us. Right, but. Uh, not not so much for the Georgia economy, yeah, or that owner of the Great Raps, right? CNN Center, yeah. Um, and then, uh, but you went to the game on Monday. As I well. went to the game on Monday. I don't as know well. how you did that, man. I was I mean, exhausted. That, I wasn't even like hungover or anything because I, I I had like three, I had like three or four drinks like really early in the game, real fast, and then it all kind of wore off as the as the game went along. So I wasn't really even drunk by the end of the game or even like inebriated at all. I mean, I. I was fine. It was just such but a late game. Yeah, but when we woke up the next morning, we were just exhausted. It felt like we had been through a freaking, uh, I don't know. We had exerted so much energy, screaming and standing and just going nuts. I yeah. mean, like, I, I felt like I had run a, a marathon. And oh, then yeah. it was like, we got to rally for this 4.30 game now. Yeah. Uh, but the 4.30 game, while not as... Uh, you know, it was still well attended, but not everybody got there on time, which is fair because it was four thirty in Atlanta. But um, still, a great, great atmosphere, great energy by the crowd. The crowd was, um, you know, it was tremendous in both games. And one thing I really appreciated uh, that we did was, you know, we, we gave the the Braves a little standing ovation at the end after we lost, just yeah, to say I, thanks, I for, that thanks for the too. season. Yeah, um, you know, and it was one of those things too where it was like. The PA announcer was trying to get people to, to do that, and you know, I was expecting everybody to be like, rawr, 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 but everyone just started clapping right. and going ape shit like we had just won the game. Yeah, it was it was it was really nice actually. So I, I think the point I was starting to make before we went on a fifteen minute tangent there, mm. the reason I'm not as upset because yes, we flubbed it with that ball in between. I knew Ozzy and Nick. I knew once that happened, it was over. I was like, Johnny Venters is somehow getting through this lineup, even though he's still throwing a shit ton of balls. But yeah. And that was the third out. That was it. So that happened, and then obviously the ball that you can debate whether or not Dansby would have gotten to that Oh, that Culberson missed. Yeah, that was my first thought. Once he yeah. missed it, I was like, fuck, was Dansby like, would have yeah, gotten probably it. But it's still a one-run game, and then obviously the Machado three-run bomb. That's when you knew it was officially over. Yeah, but thanks to the Machado bomb, I was like, eh. We didn't really lose because of a misplay or because of Dansby being there. And let's be real. Do you think we were going to go win a Game 5 in L.A.? Against Kershaw? Yeah. Probably not. It was sort of a nice to win that game. They were clearly the better team than us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were uh, much better 
pitching staff, much better offense. I think we walked 27 batters over the course of the of the series, which was just I mean, I could not believe. I know we've we've struggled with throw strikes down the stretch. And actually the relievers in LA, I thought did a much better job in LA than they did in Atlanta of throwing strikes. I mean, we still walked a lot of people, but it was like every single person uh, their their ball to strike ratio was like even on the on the Braves. I've never seen a pitching staff systemically being able to find the strike zone like this team couldn't find the strike zone. It I, it was like I was living in a freaking fantasy world, a bad fantasy world. Yeah. I, I sure don't know how to explain it. Yeah, I mean you got to wonder too, looking ahead a little bit. Uh, you know if this if this jeopardizes Keith Hernandez's return, this was something uh, that you know really picked up over the over the course of, of the last month and a half or so. Was the, the pitching, you know, especially the bullpen's inability to find the zone. I think guys just got worn down. Yeah, I mean, but. It was affecting the young guys too, like Freed, Tukey. Um, it was uh, it was it was pretty crazy, and you but know it, it, it was clearly the 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 Dodgers are, are built for the postseason. We we weren't. I mean, if you look at the construction of the roster, which I actually really like the roster minus um, Flaherty being on there because he's just totally useless. But I understand why he was there because he provides better defensive value, I guess, than Ruiz in the infield. But um, I like the decisions that that Snicker in the front office made to have Tukey in the in the on the on the roster as well as Freed, and to not add uh, Winkler or Biddle, um, because or, or Sam Freeman just because you know those guys were done. Yeah. I mean, I mean Sam Freeman had pitched well since he had come back, but you still just given his track record this year, you probably didn't want to trust him in a postseason game. But I thought those decisions. Were great decisions by Snicker and Anthopoulos. I'll give it up because I think that did give us a better chance to win than if you had uh, had Biddle or, or, or Winkler. Right, and, and you can't really. We didn't lose the series because of the pitching either. I mean, no, the offense was incredibly ineffective. They're terrible. Like I, th- I think half our runs came on one swing from Ronald Acuna. Yeah, Nick Nick Markakis aged about five years in the last month and a half. Of I the season. tell you what, man, he was like a ghost in this series. He was he and Camargo both true to Atlanta in the sense that. Great regular seasons, do do nothing in the postseason. I don't think either one of them got a but base hit. Camargo, I think Nick might have had one, maybe not. I don't know. It, I, he, he was he was virtually. A I think he had one hit, but um, yeah, Camargo was surprising to me just because he had been somewhat hot down the stretch. Yeah, whereas Nick hadn't really done anything for the last couple months. Right. Yeah, he was. Nick was definitely in a slump, but yeah, I expected Camargo to to be one of those. Streaky hitters and the offense up and down. I mean, only the only guys who really did anything were Acuna, Freddie, and Kurt Suzuki. Everyone else was pretty pretty useless. Yeah, um, and you got your hits every once in a while. Ozzy obviously got a big hit on uh, in game three, but especially in LA, getting shut out both those games, it was like there was that, just there was, was just depressing. no hope. There was just no hope throughout that like entire game, either one of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It is ref- I, I was so pissed. Sorry to cut you off, but one, one last thing. I was so pissed by the Braves' undisciplined uh, attack on on Rich Hill. It was it was awful. It was like we would actually have guys that would work the count. We drew some walks, which we weren't doing at all in, in the Dodgers series. And Rich Hill wasn't finding the zone. He didn't. He looked very hittable. And every time we got a big walk and we get guys in scoring position, guys are swinging at the first pitch and popping the ball up. It's like what? And like these are not. You know, it wasn't even the young guys doing it. It was Marcakis, who's the last person I expected bases loaded to just 
take a whack at the first pitch. Flowers did it. Flowers, Camargo. Yeah. I mean, what in the hell are they doing? Like that was that was another reason, another way, uh, another. You know, that was just another example of us shooting ourselves in the foot. It was like we were actually putting ourselves in good positions to succeed, and we could not capitalize because of our own dumbassery. Right. It was uh, ah, baffling. Yep, certainly disappointing. Yeah, but still, hell of a season, great run. Um, let's look ahead a little bit, unless you have anything else you want to talk about in this series. Mm, I was going to say, it is kind of refreshing that there aren't any like big snitker decisions that people are second guessing and saying that's why we lost. I think right. he handled himself pretty well. Yeah, I'd say overall. And and it was tough too because once again, like in the regular season, but it was like on crack this time, you just couldn't trust any any pitcher. So it was kinda like like that that game we went to on the Friday or the Sunday night game, game three, it was like Nukem was done after an uh inning and two thirds, I think. Yeah. Uh, do you agree with that one? Yeah. No, I think you gotta keep him on a short leash, especially But if we had known everyone else coming in was gonna be throwing Balls too. Hey, you know what? I, I applaud the move. <laughs> Funnily enough, the guy that I was adamant about not laying on the the staff pitched the best in yeah, the series. Julio, two yeah. scoreless saints of relief. I was like, fuck. Maybe yeah. maybe we should have put him in um, after Fulty, uh You know, was taken out for Suzuki, which I also like that move a lot because you got guys in scoring position, yeah, two ballsy. outs. You got to do it. Um, so I thought that was great. Um, yeah, Julio looked great, man. Yeah, hey, I know. I was like, where the f- shit. And it just made pound in the zone. Yeah, he was throwing strikes. He was the only guy who could throw strikes yeah. in the entire pitching staff consistently. I looked up at one point; it was like thirteen strikes, three balls. I was like, "Oh shit!" Right? Yeah, and he's getting guys out. It's not like he's giving up bombs. Right. Um, Crazy. Yeah, it was. It was nuts. Um, that so late in the game, uh, game four, uh, when Duda was up. I was sitting in left field for the game, so I could not see the ball very well when it goes to right field. You know, there's the angle of it, you know? Yeah. And so when that was hit, I was like, oh, my fuck. Here we go. It looked like the one. It looked, it looked like it was gone. And then I lost it in the lights because it had gotten nighttime at that point. And I was looking around, and half the stadium was, like, going apeshit. The other half was doing nothing. I was like, shit, it must have been foul. Yeah, that was tough. That and, was and then on, so depressing. Once he got out, it was like, well, that's a ball game. Yeah, that was our chance. If he had hit a home run, then you never know. Or if he had walked, then Acuna comes back up. And I started thinking about man shit because it was three and zero at one point in the count. It's like if he fucking walks and Acuna yeah. comes up here and hits another grand slam, he was he's gonna they're gonna build a statue to him even if yeah. we lose this game. Yeah, that would. Um, what could have been? Yeah, that was that was that was uh, game four in a nutshell. But yeah, let's let's look ahead a little bit, Adam. Uh, Braves have some interesting decisions to uh, make over the course of the offseason. First um, choice is, of course, whether or not to bring back Brian Snicker. I think you and I are on the same page here when we we think he should he should certainly uh, be resigned. It it would just be toxic to not resign him at this point with the support he has from the players. Yeah. And I mean that'd be salt in the wound after losing. We won ninety games series. this year. Yeah, after winning, losing ninety for three straight years. Right, like like him or not, you got to give him a ton of credit. Yeah, and I want to see what he does. I know Anthopolis is going to be much more active. I really applauded his approach uh, this year, even though you know, like things like Adam Duvall didn't quite work out. Um, but other than that, like I really like that he didn't try to make any moves that would sabotage the future. He understood that we had a, a decent team this year, but we probably weren't going to, you know, go on a World Series run or anything like that. But he made moves to help us in the interim, 
and a little bit long term. You know, Gaussman, even though he faded down the stretch and had an awful postseason, um, you know, he could be a valuable asset. Mm-hmm. Darren O'Day, who no one talks about, who came over in that um, deal that also got us Brock, excellent middle reliever. If he can come back healthy next year, that's a big that's a big pickup. Brock hopefully can get his shit together. I know he he faded down he the really stretch. He really fell off. Yeah. Um, so I mean, he made good moves, but they weren't splashy moves. They weren't aggressive moves. Now that he's been able to take a year, evaluate, <laughs> he should be in a position. <laughs> to really turn things up in the offseason. Trades, free agent acquisitions, whatever. Yeah, I think there's going to be a big splash um, for a starting pitcher. Yeah, I was looking at free agents uh, for starting pitchers. Uh, the, the top one is Patrick Corbin out of Arizona. I think he's a four-year pro, had a really good season this year, especially uh, what's impressive about his, his, his stat line that I saw um, was you know, pitching in Arizona. He had like a 5.7 war, which is like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I think he only had like a 3.13 ERA. I didn't look at any other uh, numbers there. I was just, you know, glancing. But even still, I was like, son of a bitch. I mean, and, he, and he's pretty young. He's in his, I think, uh, mid to late, like mid-20s. So I, that's a guy you look at for sure to maybe bring over. Um, but I would also, I wouldn't be averse to seeing, uh, you know, if the dot, not Dodgers, excuse me, the Giants are willing to move on from Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, that'd be the big one. Trade a couple of our young guys for him. Yeah, because I think he's still I, got a I, lot. In the I'm tank. open to it now. I, I see the need for yeah. getting an established, especially a guy who has won three World Series and was instrumental in all three of those victories. Yeah. Bring in someone like that with that you postseason like that experience. And then plug in Fulte now with postseason experience. Yeah, I think he's going to be better. Two. He settled down after that rough first inning in game uh, game four. Oh, yeah. Game four. He was awful in game one. But game four, I started to see a little bit more. I was like, okay, he's getting his shit together. Um, but, yeah, hopefully he's better now going forward in the playoffs. I think, you know, he had a tremendous season. Once again, he's a guy who's got a lot of fiery emotions, and I think now he's gotten that experience and had this year confidence boost. Uh, you know, he should – you know, if we get back to the playoffs next year, I'm hoping that he's going to really put it together. Yeah, that's one thing a lot of people were saying is that just all this playoff experience is invaluable because sure. you don't really know what you're getting into until you get there. No, um, you don't. And it's tough, though. It, it is tough. As far as other things, um, let's see who else you're interested in uh, free agent, trade. I want Bryce Harper. Interesting. Apparently, Freddie Freeman has been courting Harper for quite some time. They apparently become big buddies. They seem to be pretty chummy at the All-Star game. Yeah, no, they've become big buddies, and apparently Freddie's trying to court him. Um, it's possible. I mean, a lot of people say that you know we don't have the money, but I think, we, be- I think we do. I mean, you don't have to pay him $30 million, $35 million a year. We can do that. The question is, is how much money after that are you going to have to work with? Yeah, he's such a talented guy. Like, I don't see him being some contract that we're going to be regretting four years down the road. Yeah, his defense has certainly suffered this year, but I also think that was from him playing center field. I think you put him in a corner outfield position, he'll be yeah. he'll be much better. Uh, you, you know what you're getting with the power uh, and the on-base ability. And he did have a bet, much better second <coughs> half, uh, even though he didn't really have a great season. He's still young, uh, still should be considered one of the better outfielders in baseball, I think, as much as it pains me to say that. Um, adding him to this team, even though I love – you know, booing Bryce Harper and talking shit at him at games, I wouldn't be averse to it. I oh, think no. if you do that, 
you're really making a statement that you're ready to win now yeah, for real. I don't know if it's feasible that he comes to us. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's got Yankees written all over him. Yeah, Yankees. Um, Yankees have enough of those guys. Though. Yeah, Phillies. I know the Phillies are heavy contenders for him. I you, also you would, know. You would think we have to look like we're set up better to win now than the Phillies. Phillies have a lot of money. The Phillies have more money than us, and they can make more acquisitions. And they, they still... Yeah, but their acquisitions last year didn't do shit for them. No, but, I mean, they can actually go out and, like, get some real bona fide, legitimate superstar players. If, I mean, they could potentially make a run to try and get Machado and Harper. I forgot about Machado. Yeah. So, I mean... I would take Machado, too. I would take Machado over over Harper if he would freaking play third base because uh, he's an awful defensive shortstop. But... Yeah, I mean, if we can try to make a run at one of those guys, that would be pretty cool. Um, I, I can't really think of any other big-time free agents I'm interested in or trade pieces, but uh, bullpen is another area, though, where we need to clean our shit up. We need to, I need to make a few moves, I think, to bolster that bullpen. Because as <coughs> we saw, um, even though I think Biddle and Winkler can be key assets next year, they burned out pretty fast. They were they were overused. We had, especially in the first half, you know, guys weren't going deep in games, so of course they had to be used a ton. So I think they're going to come back and be good, but I still want some, if we can go after a couple of uh, upper-tier relievers that aren't going to, middle relievers and late-game relievers that set up men, they aren't going to cost you a shit ton of money. That would be nice. Well, if we can't get a Bryce Harper, what do you think about getting a Craig Kimbrell back? Uh, depends on how much money he wants. If, if he's going to want five years for $100 million, I'd tell him, good luck, Craig. We'll see in the Hall of Fame or wherever down the line. Like that's that's too much for for a closer today. Yeah. But if he's willing to take a hometown discount, wants to come back, I don't like um, he do that. You know, then I would. It just depends on all how much money he wants. I mean, if, if the money's right, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm much but, more comfortable spending a lot of money on a Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. Well, yeah, especially because they're going to contribute more value to the team. Kimbrel, well, you know extremely important as, as a closer still out there to get three outs in the last inning yeah or maybe a little beyond which you see the value of that in the playoffs absolutely you need someone who's a shutdown closer I'm not saying you don't but it's far more important to get a player that's going to contribute if you had to pick you got to pick the player that's going to contribute every day and who's going to be it was also a superstar um, I would I would take the player that plays every day that's also a superstar um, so so are we taking a Braves hiatus now? What the hell are we doing with this oh, podcast? In terms of talking, yeah, there's been a lot of Braves talk on this this year, which has been great. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll, we'll figure it. We'll come across we'll the bridge when we see well, actually the bridge is we are crossing the bridge as we speak. Right now, we really really need to get soccer correspondent Arthur Roach. Yeah, hey, we might just need to let him do the show with, next week <laughs> with because uh, United playoffs are starting. Yeah, we're we're clearly. With no idea what's going on. Yeah. I think we're in second place. We're trying to get something called the Supporter Shield, which is the top seed. I don't know why the hell it's called the Supporter Shield. It makes me think of like a jock strap that you wear. <laughs> that that shield that's like a cup. Right. Also a cup cup I, jock I, strap I combination. Under, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um it's very silly. Yeah. So but yeah, we obviously don't know what the hell we're talking we've about got there. That we've got a very subpar football team to talk about. Yeah, we'll so get into them in a second. It's going to be depressing. We've got the Hawks starting. Hawks start I next think week. next week, next, next Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Um, one, a couple other things on the Braves. How do you feel about the uh, rest of the coaching staff? The big, the big parts of the coaching staff. Your Walt Weisses, your Hernandezes, your Seitzers, etc. Bringing those guys back. Um. Yeah, I agree. Maybe. 
Hernandez is the only guy that you um, think about switching out. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I love having Walt Weiss and Eric Young. And I, I think Walt Weiss, Eric Ron Young, Washington, Ron Washington have to stay. I hope they stay. The, the, the problem is if they get offers all three managers. of those guys, uh, more so Weiss and Washington, just because they have experience managing in, in the majors, uh, or might be highly sought after. Right. So you got to be a little concerned about that, but I don't think EY is going anywhere. I don't think his profile has risen enough yet, but I think it's on the rise, certainly. Yeah. And I think a question you have to ask yourself if you're the Braves front office is, do you just with Snicker? I mean, you could you you could conceivably think that one of those guys could potentially take over the managerial uh, role in the Braves, even because Snicker's 63, he's not a spring chicken. You don't want to give Snicker a huge extension if you bring him back. You right. probably just want to keep doing the one year thing. As yeah, unfair I think as that is, give, give him at least two years. Two years is as many as I would give him. It is um, interesting they haven't announced that yet. Apparently, yeah. it's going to be announced. I think next week. But what? what I, think are they, I think they're meeting this week. And they, just they are, I mean, they out. already met. They met oh. the day afterwards. I don't um, know. Like Snickers doing interviews saying he's hoping he's coming back. Yeah, no, it's not confirmed. So we'll see. But so you you would give him a two year extension? Yeah. Okay. That's the most I'd give him, but I'm kind of fine just doing the one just because he's older. But you also want to make sure he – that would be a nice reward for him, certainly. Yeah, give him the two it's years. a slap in the face to just do one year again. And again, yeah. Especially after the success he had this year. Yeah, but you got to think, too, when the time comes, if he's on a two-year extension, does that mean that, like, Ron Washington, Eric Young, and everyone starts to just look for other jobs? Or Cross that bridge when, uh, when, you, when, when it when comes. When it happens, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not averse to that. Uh, I, I think Hernandez, it, it's tough because I feel like, obviously, Fulte had the season of his life, all-star appearance. Yeah, um, I mean, we improved across the board. Yeah, the pitching staff, uh, even though endured, you know, the rotation endured a uh, very rough start at the beginning of the season. Much better in the second half. The bullpen was the inverse. But I wouldn't mind bringing everybody back on the coaching staff, especially if we make some big moves on both offensive side and the, um, the in, in the in the pitching staff, because now when we have you know some better players that can potentially come in, now let's see how they mesh, see what we can do there. Because I don't think you should um, you should judge either Hernandez or Seitz or by what happened in the last couple months. A lot of guys were overperforming, like a Nick Marquez, like an Ozzy Alves. I mean, I think Ozzy's still going to be good, but I mean, like, you compare the, the the first half and the second half, you know. Nine day. Yeah. So I'd like, and and of course, everything that happened with the bullpen, the rotation. I think you you got to bring bring them all back, see what happens. If some of the same shit is lingering into next season and not getting better, then maybe make a move. You know, it's extremely depressing, Graham. Hmm. We could be watching Game Five right now, and instead we're talking about the off season. The, not just the off season, the coaching staff. Yeah. It's just like monotonous, like just compared to the excitement of Sunday night. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, big highs, big lows. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really upset. I'm really upset. I, uh, I love that team very much, and I'm sad for them. Even though I'm excited for the future, I'm. It's, it's still kind of just eating away at me a little bit. I was so depressed yesterday, the whole day at work. I just, I was in meetings from like nine to four, and I just sat there just thinking about the Braves. And I was like, God. <laughs> Damn it! I love them. I'm happy for them, but I I wish they could have found some way to do it. 
lived and died on every single pitch. It was it was it was great just being back in the playoffs. Too. Yeah, I think we've more than um, met our obligation to speak about them. Yeah, give we, our we, initial we, assessments. Like we'll come back in a couple weeks and say some happy things about. What we, what we enjoyed about the season. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll have some more news on the coaching staff and things like that. So Sure. And then I think I, I'm really looking forward to winter meetings and stuff like that and, and you know, hot stove and shit like that just because it's, it's so exciting what we got building here and who we're going to add to it. You know, I'm really looking forward to that. Here, here. So let's transition now to our uh, super depressing, no hope, <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, ugly game on Sunday, Adam. I was thinking about it while I was watching it. I was like, "How effed up is it going to be?" When it was like forty-one to seventeen, it's like the, the the Falcons are getting their asses kicked and let the Braves get swept in the same day. I was having flashbacks to the uh, game four against the Dodgers five years ago when the Falcons were playing the Jets the year after the NFC Championship run. Julio broke his foot, and then we blew the lead against the Dodgers um, to to lose that game. In 2013, I was just thinking about that. I was like, God, please, history, don't repeat itself. Or 2005 against when the Braves lost in the 18-inning game to the Astros and the, the Patriots beat the Falcons. The Patriots beat the Falcons. On the same day, yeah. Man. Whew. Yeah, it's pretty standard, really. Yeah, so I was just kind of expecting that. Thank God it didn't happen. Yeah. But uh, back to the Falcons, though. I mean, I have no answers. I have no real analysis. Yeah, there's nothing to say. Yeah. We're decimated by injuries. The personnel we do have now isn't able to get the job done. Uh, they're undisciplined. They, Penalties, man. Yeah. Say, say all you want about Mike Smith. His Falcons teams at least had the decency not to be undisciplined fools and maniacs out there. Yeah, especially like... They didn't hurt themselves. I mean, how many times the did they make a stop on third down and then the penalty? Like three or four times? Uh, Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah, at least. Yeah, it so, was awful. I mean... You got to help yourself out. You have zero margin for error with the defense the way it's constructed right now. You have to play penalty free football to in order to, to win because you're going to give up at least thirty points. And and part of the reason you're you're doing that is because you, it's just sloppy penalties. And then we got ass hat decisions. We got special teams issues apparently with these punt blocks. I tell you what, everybody talks about how great Keith Armstrong is. The special teams the last couple of years have sucked. He must not be that great also if he's. Still just a special special teams coach. He's been a special teams coach since the Smitty since days. Nom. Yeah. I mean, like, I think going back to, like, 2009 or something. I mean, he's been on the, the organization forever. And I remember there was a lot of hype around him potentially getting a head coaching position in the NFL at some point. He ain't helping himself out right now. I know it's, his, it's the players, too, but it's like it doesn't reflect very well on him um, that our special teams has been, you know, on coverage – Protection has been as poor as it has been this year and really last year as well. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of issues, Graham. Yeah. One thing I want to bring up again. Uh, this defensive uh, – the, the defense did play a little better in the first half. Only gave up 13 points. Doing a, a – a, I thought a, a, an okay job of mixing up zone and man, you know. Um, but they weren't sending any pressure. I have to ask, what do you have to lose at this point? Send a corner blitz, send a linebacker blitz, do something to disrupt uh, your opposition because what you're doing ain't working, bud. Yeah. It's like I don't understand why they cannot make that adjustment. It's, it's just like, or just try it. Do it a few times. You don't have to do it every time. But it's like when we have done it, we've actually, like, that was one of the few times, uh, you know, in the Saints game when we sent Trufant on the blitz. It was like, hey, we forced an incompletion. 
Um, I don't even know if we did it last week. It, it was like, you're not doing anything. We're not generating pass rush, especially with Grady Jarrett being out last week. Send a man on a corner blitz. For the love of God. They did that to Matt Ryan all day, and he was throttled. Yeah, he got killed. Matt did not have a, a very good game, and I think it was the, the defense got into his head. I mean, he was getting slaughtered out there. Yeah, I think, I think seven he, times. Yeah, I think in the first half he was already sacked three times or something like that. I mean, it was it was a piss poor showing on both sides of the ball. I don't think we need to linger on it too much no, longer. No, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, uh, I did read also that Matt Ryan is is projected to be hit the most or sacked the most he's ever been in his career in a single season hmm. this year. So, so much for that. Uh, pro Football Focus is second best offensive line. Yeah, they flubbed that one. Yeah. Uh, looking ahead, if we want to do that, which we don't really we, want we to do. We got the Bucks and then a bye. Yeah, we got Tampa Bay coming in. Is Jameis playing? Does anyone know? Jameis is playing. Jameis is playing. They're coming here. Does anybody know? Um, they're, yeah, they're coming here. They're on the you know they're on a downward spiral themselves. Uh, you know they have a better record than we do. Um, so on the ninety-two nine of the game, I kind of yeah. like the way they broke it down. Hmm. There's like you just have to think of your season as just like mini two game seasons now. We've got Tampa Bay and then. Like the Jets or somebody? I think New York Giants, actually. The Giants. It's like, just worry about those two games. You win those, you're only a game below 500. Right. Like, it's it's doable. People have come back from one and four. Don't completely give up on your team, ever. But especially in this situation, because we do have this offense that can get it going. Yeah, and I think they're going to get it going again this week. Uh, And Tampa Bay's defense gave up 45 points to Mitchell Trubisky. Imagine what Matt Ryan can do. Yeah. So. so you win this week and just start limping back into it. Yeah, that'd be nice. I don't have much faith. I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what, I was I was upset during the Steelers game, but I sort of took it uh, quietly. You know, I was just internalizing a lot. I wasn't going nuts or screaming or going ape shit. There's just no reason to. It's like wasted energy. I had to save that energy for the playoffs anyway. But uh, I'm definitely of the mind now where I'm just I'm just watching. I'm not going to. I'm. I'm still invested. Still love them, but I'm. I have. I'm going in with no expectations at all. That's good to try and so shield you, myself from the. So, pain. it's week, what five, six? Yeah. And you've gone already from Super Bowl or bust expectations mm-hmm. to zero expectations. Yes. Those, those injuries will do that to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think realistically we're going to get back into it in kind of in a, in a really messed up way. It could benefit us in the long run. You're going to get all those players back either later this year or next year, depending on you know whose injury you're talking about. You could also add a, a quality, you know, potentially a top ten draft pick. Shit, maybe. I mean, you don't want that obviously, yeah. but I mean, there there, there are there's you got to find positivity somewhere. We'd actually, um, we don't have a first rounder this year. It was part of the Julio Jones package. Really? Yeah. God damn it, Cleveland. I'm joking. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's still going on? Jesus, how many <laughs> draft picks we traded them? No, that's done. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's that. This was about as somber of an episode as I expected, Graham. Right. You, you look like, I mean, you just look like shit. I do. I feel like shit. Yeah. And, 
<sighs> well, I think that about wraps us up. Yeah. On this episode of Atlanta Zone. I'm going to try and think of a really depressing song to play at the end of the show. Just to just to ride off into the sunset. Pink Floyd? Potentially. We'll see. <laughs> Be a surprise. Listen. Keep listening for the next uh, 15 seconds and you'll find out. Uh, thank you all for listening wherever you are and however you listen to us. Uh, really appreciate it. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitomisip. Hospitomisip. Show. Sure.